0: Hi there. This is Dennis Velko. You're listening to Out Bureau Voices, where we have engaging conversations with LGBTQ professionals, entrepreneurs, and community leaders from around the world. And today we have author Tyler Davis joining us today. Thank you so much for joining us, Tyler.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Well, awesome. Well, I'd like to get right into it. And if you could then start uh, giving us a little bit of information about your your background and how that uh, led you into writing. And uh, then we'll transition and talk about your latest project that I see you have on the screen, New America's Awakenings.
1: Um. Well, like a lot of gay kids who spend a lot of time by themselves, I did a lot of reading. Wow. Um. At a very early age, and found my imagination was my escape. And um, I wrote my first book when I was in sixth grade um, on an old, old type manual typewriter with no electricity um, because my imagination was my escape. And uh, I just developed that throughout middle school, high school. Um, took that into speech, uh, competition speaking, uh, and writing speeches, um, and it just grew from there, uh, that writing became a voice, uh, that really was universal because people don't always listen to you speak, but they have a tendency to, to, to read, uh, a little bit more, you know, now it's, it's 180 characters in a Twitter, but people do still tend to read more than they do listen. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I really uh, just took that, that, uh, that medium where I didn't feel like I had a voice where I could have people listen. And I just translated it to the, to the page. And um, I've written uh, several screenplays, short screenplays that have been produced, an internet television series. And, um, now I also write, um, uh, political pieces, um, and blogs and, um, now I've got my book that's been released.
0: Okay. So tell us a little bit about some of your earlier, uh, writings. When you say you wrote a book, did you say sixth grade
1: <laughs> yes, it. Uh, and I remember it was called the Great Kidnap Caper. Uh, it was 75 pages all me. Um, that was in sixth grade, and then I wrote my second uh, my second book. Uh, I, I wrote, as most of us do at some point, if we're really honest, wrote some really bad poetry. Um, and then uh, in high school, I wrote another book, uh, and then I kind of took a little bit of a break from writing. And, um, but when I came back, I started writing screenplays uh, more so than stories. I was never happy with with uh, the way my stories were turning out and never felt like they were good enough. But uh, when I was doing screenplays, those, those seemed to be um, more fulfilling for me because they were, uh, you know, having a, a live action to it. Um, and then continued on with my blogging and then I've I've written several of several other books uh but I never felt like they were what I wanted them to be whereas this this book it, it was exactly where I wanted it to be.
0: Hmm, okay so on your screenplays um and, and books in general um is there a bit of a common thread or theme to them?
1: Um all of my writing stems from uh, a basic question of what if. Um and to me that is like the the most important question in uh for me personally in my art in my writing is what if um so one of my screenplays that i did was called no red ribbons and the concept was what if a gay man was to die from cancer but nobody wanted to believe that it was actually cancer and that he was that he was passing from aids and that struggle that a, a gay couple could go through, having to deal with that. Um, so for me, the, the, it's always comes down to a "what if."
0: Well, in in the LGBT community specifically, you know, gay men, and of course, knowing that HIV does not exclusively um, focus on the gay male population, but I can certainly see where that particular story has some merit. Um, during my divorce of a 17-year relationship and slash marriage, um, you know, like a lot of people do when they're not happy, um, I'll just say Trader Joe's French vanilla ice cream. If you've never had it, don't, because it is addictive. It's so good. And I was eating a lot of French vanilla ice cream with my... T- two to four cocktails every night and I put on a lot of weight. Uh, So my, my comfortable weight is between 165, 168 uh, for my body frame. And I was up to two, uh, 242. So a huge, you know, several more inches around the (laughs) not (laughs) where you want them, but around the waist. And uh, I went through a dieting, uh, dieting and walking like still now I walk about four miles every day and um, but I really focused on a diet and I was so I was losing weight very rapidly. I was only eating mostly eating whole uh, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables like I would start get a big bowl every morning and uh, fill it. And that would be basically the most of the majority of what I ate all day. And I mean, it was a large bowl, but you know, it'd be bell peppers and cucumbers and broccoli and cauliflower and carrots. You're making me hungry. Yeah, (laughs) But, but because I focused on mostly that and protein and very little like bread and potatoes and rice and so forth, you know, those carbs. And I stopped cold turkey having that French vanilla ice cream from Trader Joe's. Um, In about an eight-month period, I went from 242 down to 165. And I posted some photos of myself doing some yoga in the yard. And of course, then what does my right-wing father do? Messages me and says, are you all right? I didn't think about what he was thinking at the time. I'm like, well, you know, dad, you know, going through divorce is, is you know, it is pretty tough. Um, but I'm 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 okay. I appreciate you asking. He goes, No, I mean, are you ill? Yep. And I'm like, No. What would make you I'm liking great physical shape, what would make you ask that? Well, you look very gaunt <laughs> or gauntly or some term. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm at my, I'm at my normal way. <laughs> and it, it, it and then he flat out asked, have you had blood work done? And I mean, so I knew right where he was going and, you know, yeah. I mean, cause he hadn't seen me outside of, maybe some headshots on facebook he hadn't seen me and you know in person in a while because we lived several hours away from each other and it just really struck me and it kind of pissed me off because i knew and he directly went there you know without asking the question he was leading to it and i knew exactly what he was where he was going and it really yeah, it pissed me off. Um, so I can see where someone, you know, if, if they're not wanting to really talk about their, their actual illness, cause not everyone is open about that. You know, uh, so I could see the merit and, and the, the thread of that book and why that would connect with people.
1: And, it, and this was, I, this was about 10, 11 years ago. And, you know, 10, 11 years ago, almost seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. You know, people forget we've only had the iPhone for like 11 years, <laughs> 12 years. Um, and so it was still back during, you know, we were, we were gaining a lot of our freedom uh, you know, protections, uh, gay marriage, but there was still a lot of that old antiquated thinking that, you know, Oh, if, if you're gay and you're dying, you must have, you know, you, you must have HIV, um, And I think it's kind of a commentary on our community in a lot of ways, in that we are constantly having to break out of stereotypes, Um, even not just the, you know, oh, is somebody more femme or more butch, or, you know, oh, it's a girl, she's got short hair, she must be a lesbian. Um, We have to fight through a lot of stereotypes that even come down to things like health. and that what if question kind of drove that for me and, and drove a conversation. Um, so when it, <laughs> actually I'm laughing because I kind of had a similar experience with th- what you did um, about 15 years ago. Unfortunately, I have put most of that weight back on, but I lost a lot of weight by dieting, exercise, and whatnot. And I had friends that were that came to me and were like, "Are, are you okay? Are, are, are you sick?" um one actually said do you have aids i'm like what the hell i just lost some weight um so you know i think those conversations are really kind of important to have
0: Mm -hmm. yes absolutely so uh so share with us uh some of your uh info about your new book the new america awakens
1: uh new america awakenings is um gotcha um it's an American dystopian novel uh, that a civil war has taken place after a contested election. Oh my! Um, as we sit here and talk, and Congress is—you uh, know—the House of representatives are going through their second impeachment of Trump right now. Um, I, I started writing this book back in 2015, and the question was: What if a, an authoritarian? Uh, Christ- Christo-fascist regime took over the country. Um, and we get divided into projects based on race and religion. Um, and what would that kind of dynamic look like in a modern time, uh, as opposed to like uh, a future where there's, uh, you know, uh, hovercrafts and, and, and laser guns and those types of things. What would that look like today? And so um, it's a uh, it's a three book series, um, and it focuses on a young man named Colt and him growing up in these projects, uh, being isolated from other types of of inclusions of race, of culture, of society, and and being kind of stuck in this Christian. In this christian project um and then finding out that the government really isn't what they were expecting it to be i uh, it was it was a it was difficult to write because i was taking a look at where we've been in our political past and where it kind of looked like we could be heading towards our political future um and what what kind of effect would living in that kind of a country have. Um, In the book, we find out that gay people uh, were, of course, one of the first groups targeted by this uh, regime. Um, And everybody is divided. the way you know who you are is because your boots have a strip of color on them, um, which Goes kind of back towards um, Nazi Germany. Of course, the gay the, the gay people have uh, pink. Christians had gold. Muslims have purple. The black population had uh, blue. Um, but it's really taking a look at what happens to our society when we lose the internet, when we lose uh, social media, and we uh, lose our basic freedoms. Um, and it, it was it was it was a difficult book. It's been a difficult book to kind of write.
0: Mm, very interesting, and I'm sure through the unfolding of the current situation that we're in now, and kind of as you were writing that book. Um, now you say you started it back in 2015, but you're currently, if I'm not mistaken, really uh, releasing it now. So was any of the current and outgoing administrative um, body um, inspiration for the book, or was it a purely imagination?
1: Um, I started it before Trump became the uh, Republican nominee uh, in 2015. So I started this before then, and I had to take about a three-year break from writing because of a, a, a change of life um, so the majority of this was written well before, um, well before where we're at now. Um, I finished writing back in, uh, December, January of 2019, 2020. And of course it takes, takes a long time to get through the actual publishing, uh, phase and it was put out in, uh, it was released in November of, of last year, um, so, no, a lot of this did not have any influence from what was going on now. it was It was kind of reading the tea leaves of where we where our, our politics were and where they were heading forward. Um, politics have always been a really important part of my life. So it was kind of like reading the tea leaves of you know if if these things were to happen, would they look like this? Mm. So, And,
0: you know, and of course, people can be watching or listening to this at at any time. But, you know, where we now have conversations going on in the right wing social media, um, don't know if you've heard this yet, but um, they're calling for currently as of last night, they're calling for Uh, regardless of what happens, whether Trump is removed by the 25th Amendment, whether he is impeached, and or just on the inauguration day of the elected president, Biden, that there will be violence. They're calling for people to come armed to all 50 capitals, Uh, around the country to the U.S. Capitol as well again and to courthouses. So we in this next few weeks is going to be potentially quite volatile. And how, you know, what are your feelings on that and and how that relates to your book?
1: Um, It's kind of playing... Out the way I imagined it would for the book. Um, that it's it's incredibly scary um, that we we're living in a time where um, you can go on parlor and you know uh, on social media and and recruit and schedule and uh, you know having this, this uh, insurgency um, going across the country. So it's not a lot further from where, where, you know, I, my book uh, started from. Um, When I see this and what's going on and kind of who's in charge, you know, and and how this is playing out, um, I think the reality, you know, my book is fiction. Um, Unfortunately, a a lot of the stuff that, (laughs) there's a lot of things in there that I've had, uh, the pre-readers, uh, my pre-screeners, uh, before it was even released. And they've been like, Oh my God, how did you, how did this happen? You know, how do you, how did you get this right? And it's not, it's not psychic ability. It's history and watching what's going on. And what we have going on right now, uh, is, on one hand, singularly terrifying, if you're gay, it's really, you know, um, I think a lot of gay people right now have their, their, you know, their antenna in the sky, because they're like, okay, we see, because we've seen this kind of, of behavior in our lifetimes. Whereas I think a lot of, of, you know, uh, heterosexual, even allies have never had to experience, uh, kind of what's that flavor of violence of you will do what we want or we will hurt you. Um, So, I mean, in a lot of ways, I think we are a little bit better prepared than than those who have never had to go through that struggle. Um, I hope that the book doesn't become (laughs) it doesn't become prophetic um, because after the Civil War, um, then there's an invasion, a foreign invasion. Um, and then that's when uh, the government fully takes over in the book. Um, but I think there's lots of great reason to be concerned with what's going on right now.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm totally with you there. <laughs> so, so you say this is, is this book one of a trilogy? I believe you mentioned.
1: Yes, this is uh, uh book. One is awakenings and it's, I, it's, it's kind of a coming of age story. Um, we go through three different parts in our lives. Uh, we go through the part where we have our beliefs that our parents give us and we kind of accept for the most part um, until we become young adults. And then uh, we have to venture out and then we find out that maybe the world isn't quite the way we thought it would be. Um, and then we struggle, we rebel. We come up with our own beliefs and then finally we settle into who we are. Um and so these three books kind of follow that that pattern uh for Colt uh where he he goes with his beliefs of what you know he was brought up the world that he lived in. Um and then the second book is really uh, about him discovering the world that it that's different than what he thought it would be. Um, and that's when a larger uh, the second book is going to have, the second third book is going to feature the LGBT community uh, quite prominently. Uh, we speak to it in the first book. Uh, but in the second and the third book, LGBT uh, community plays a very strong part uh, in the rest of the storytelling.
0: Okay, very interesting. And are those is, uh, are those that uh, uh, already in development?
1: oh yes i'm 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 in the middle of writing the second the, the second book. Uh, the whole thing's already mapped out. I already know where everything's going. It's just getting it down on the paper to a point where uh, that I I like what I see I like what I'm you know I, I, I that I feel like it's telling the story properly um, and and i'm I'm hoping that it will. Uh, Continue to be as good as, as, as the as the first book. The first book uh, was named a uh, best of twenty twenty books uh, by an, in light uh, uh, book heaven. Um, it's uh, had five star ratings from the San Francisco Book Review, uh, readsy discovery, uh, readers favorite. Uh, so it's been reviewed and, and received very well, and I'm just hoping. Okay, <laughs> go lay down. So yes, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that, that, uh, that they're going to follow, um, as well as the first one, the first one has, which it takes time when you're, when you're creating, it takes time to get things the way you want them to be.
0: Sure. I, I definitely understand that. So that's a good transition to talk about your, your process, you know, uh, what do you do? What do you do to get in the creative space? Uh, from our original conversation, I know that you are a, a medical nurse, so you have a full-time job. So how how do you carve out and you know your your time and your space and you know give us a little bit of insight in, into the kind of the mechanics behind the scenes?
1: Okay, um, I I love movies, so. Um, the way my system works is, um, I will create the story in my brain, and almost like a movie. And I will know. So when I sit down to write, I actually have it all from front to, to, to end. I know where it wants to go. I don't do the whole outline and and write it down uh, process that some writers do. Um, and when I when I get to a point where I'm like, oh, the words aren't coming, that I just put it aside and I'll start reading. Um, You know, there are a few books that I just, they're kind of my (laughs) go-to in in a lot of ways, uh, or I'll pick up something new. Um, But I'll read or I'll watch a movie or, you know, I'll go for a walk to get that creative well to to, to refill. Um, And then when I sit down and I actually write it out, um, be it screen or novel. I just, it's a translation from the movie I see in my head onto, onto the page.
0: Okay. So you don't, you don't do that kind of outline and then kind of fill in?
1: No, 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 not at all. Um, that process doesn't work for me because it's, 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 it's it's a little too structured. Um, and it doesn't, tap my imagination. Now I'm not saying that it's bad for other people to do it because that it's, a, it's wonderful you know it works wonderful for them
0: right. Sure. Um, well whatever works for the individual, you know it is right. an art, it is an art form and some people you just really need to be completely open and some people need more of that structure like okay, well this is this is kind of the outline and and so so sometimes whenever people have um, you know writer's block, They might be stuck on this particular portion of the story or this chapter, and then they might be able to switch over and start working on another portion of the, uh, you know, like a future chapter. And then that helps them kind of like get into the juice and the flow of, oh, okay, I've already written that. So I know where I'm going. So now I just need to kind of need to fill in the blanks. So, but you're more of a, I'm going to start here and, kind of progress through as you have the, um, the, the, the creative insight to do that.
1: So like, um, when I sat down, I said, okay, this is where I want to start and this is where I want to end. Um, and this is what I want in the middle. And then what I do is, and I sit there and, and I'll create the movie in my, in my head, uh, you know, the, what are the backgrounds look like? What do, uh, what's the weather like? What do my characters look like? What do you know, how do they dress? What are, what do they go through? And at the end of the day, it all comes down to the same end, you know, kind of the same end product of, uh, of having a book. But for me, when, when I'm going through it and, and, and having that dialogue or my characters are having that dialogue in my head, um, I actually feel like, you know, I'm hearing them and, the choices that they're making, so that when I'm sitting down to write, I'm not trying to pull stuff out of thin air or to fit a uh, an outline or a pattern. It it for me, it's just more organic because I've watched them in my head. I've I've listened to them, and uh, it all probably sounds like I need to be on medication. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but for me, that's just, that's, that's the best way for me to do it because I've tried the outline and it always comes out formulaic for me. Um, and I'm not a big fan of formula writing. Um, I know that there's a lot of money that's made out of formula writing. Um, but that's just not how I like to tell my, you know, my particular stories. Mm. Um, I don't know about you growing up, but when you're gay and you're having to hide in your community, uh, you spend a lot of time in your bedroom. And you imagine what life is like, what life could be like, or how you want it to be. And, and so in a lot of ways, when you're younger and you're you're doing that, you're learning that. You're learning how to create in your brain the world that you wish that you could live in. And um I guess I just never let go of of that process, and it just always has stuck with me.
0: Okay, well, great. Um, so, if you could maybe step us through some of the highlights of the the book, you we've talked about sure. kind of the general overarching theme of it, and uh, but you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing maybe some of the kind of key points along its journey.
1: Sure. Um, so. Colt is a 16 year old um, who is very much wants to do the right thing all the time. And uh, his parents uh, want him to be, you know, like most parents, they want their kids to be good, you know, good uh, citizens. They want them to be good, uh, make good decisions, uh, be moral. And um, through the book, He has to make decisions. And like one of those decisions is, is, um, you know, with religion, you know, what kind of Christian does he want to be? Um, In love, what kind of man does he want to be? Uh, And he has to look through the future lens because his life, the government kind of makes those choices for him. And he has a friend um, and his friend's name is Joey. And Joey uh, represents the part of us that never let go of the past. And um, they are just, they're like brothers. Um, so it all starts out when uh, there's a bombing in his city. And he and his family are in their uh, hallway so that they don't get uh, blasted by the bombing. And when they come out, there are body parts in their living room. Um, and the the initial struggle or the initial combat is between Christians and Muslims. Um, That I did pull straight out of out of 2015 uh, when we were having those, you know, uh, right wing issues with with Muslims. And it starts there. And there is a character named Catherine. She is the villain in in book one. Uh, Yes, the government is the big bad. There's a president that's the big bad. But in this book, it's Catherine. And I get asked this question quite frequently. Uh, did I use any real life influence on any of the characters? Like, uh, Trump? did Trump become my president? No, he, he, he did not. Uh, but the villain between us did come from a real life person. Uh, one Miss Kim Davis, um, who should not be... Uh, most most people should know who she is. Um, so Kim, uh, I she, she was kind of the uh, groundwork for for Catherine, and Catherine wants to rise in power in in the project. She wants to, uh, she wants to be the religious leader. She wants to be the uh, the leader of the law as well. Um, And it's the battle between Colt and Catherine, initially in 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 this book, um, where he's having to. Uh, he uses the he he gets caught saying, uh, "God damn it," and he has to be he's whipped, flogged in the middle of of town, um, and Catherine just delights in. The fact that he's being whipped and that he's you know and then it's this very public very shaming moment um and that's really what makes him start to grow to question what's going on that you can say this word and now you're you, you're publicly shamed um so through the book catherine gains power but so does he um, and the battles that, that that they they have inside the, the project help define who he is, where he's going, and what's going on with his family.
0: Okay, very interesting. And so the project is kind of like a community
1: yes so um what they in in the book what they've done is is they've taken these smaller kind of communities and they've put walls around them and they've made them into like projects or boroughs um kind of like um ghettos kind of like what they did to um you know the jewish people Mm -hmm. in in um in germany where they created these boroughs and the the government says it's for everybody's safety that everybody's getting put into these projects because, um, then if you're, if you're with your own people, then, then there's not so much violence. Uh, but it, but really what they do is, is it helps to keep people under control. So these, these projects are very much, uh, when they get there, they're, they're, they're like very nice communities. Um, and, there's flowers and there's uh, lots of different things um, that make it feel like home. And that quickly dissolves over time. And all of that prettiness washes away. And it's left with you know bombs, uh, you know, bombed out buildings that never get repaired, um, people dying uh, from medical or even from the government themselves. Um, they have something called the Ceremony of Peace. Or, uh, it's a uh, uh, celebration of peace. And that's when they execute people in town square using a guillotine.
0: Oh, my. So so very interesting. So you've taken some of the elements that you would think of, you know, a couple of hundred years ago <laughs> in, in Europe, you know, uh, and brought it into today and melded that together. So very, very interesting. Very interesting. So of course, we see your uh, website uh, listed there, and we'll have in show notes um, as well. Um, So is the tyler Davis is that the main location where people can uh purchase your book or what other for what other places it might it be available
1: um it's it's available on amazon barnes and noble um pretty much any any online uh bookstore with the pandemic uh a lot of the stores are not carrying you know uh bookstores aren't buying a lot of books because people aren't getting into those stores. So, uh, but pretty much any place that you go to an online bookstore, you can, uh, you can order it. Um, you can go to your independent bookstore. You can go to, um, Barnes and Nobles are the big ones and you can, or, and they can order it. Um, so it's, 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 uh, available internationally. Um, mm. if you're, if you're from the UK, uh, Waterston well, has, has my book. Um, so, yeah it's pretty much available everywhere um
0: but if they go to your website is are they able to order it directly from your website and get it
1: shipped? Um no um okay i it's it's um because of the pandemic and the way things have been set up uh, with the publisher it's uh, that's that's the route that they they chose to go
0: okay. Well, those are certainly, um, you know, if you, any mo- most of those uh, online sites will will ship to pretty much anywhere. So, uh, oh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, wonderful. Was there any anything else that you would like to share before we uh, close down and let our wonderful audience go about their day?
1: I would like to 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 speak to to those who um, have a voice inside of them that says that uh, maybe you're a writer or you're a painter or um, maybe you're just a, you know, a community activist. That success is not written in dollars. It's not written in how many people follow your Twitter account. Uh, and success comes from when you reach inside yourself and you share with others if that's five people, if that's one person, or if that's 150,000 people, don't ever be afraid to share that light you have inside of yourself um, and share it,
0: share it. Right, good words. And um, I, I go by the kind of a statement of success is what you define it to be. So it's not necessarily about the money or the car or the house or the whatever, because you know, you can have multi-million dollars shit in your bank account and be miserable. And, oh, you absolutely.
1: Could,
0: and you could you could be living paycheck to paycheck, but be happy. And happiness is success because most poor suckers out there don't know what happiness is (laughs) so well i'm so glad that we've had this opportunity to get to know a little bit more about you and your very interesting book um i think you're going to have to work double down to get those other two out so that uh, (laughs) folks can see where this is going well uh very interesting i so much appreciate you taking uh time out of your uh week and day to chat with us today
1: I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk with me. And um, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for staying tuned to this episode of Out Bureau Voices. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button on the application that you are listening to this to or watching. We are on YouTube as well as 14 podcasting apps, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, Google, and about 10 others. Also, you are now able to start viewing OutBureau on Happy TV. That is a new LGBTQ on-demand television network. And best of all, it's completely free. You can find it at GetHappy, that's G-E-T-H-A-P-P-I dot TV. Start your account and search for OutBureau today. Sit back with your favorite beverage and bowl of popcorn, and binge watch some OutBureau episodes. Thank you so much. This is Dennis Falco. Join us on OutBureau.com. It's where you belong. Bye-bye.